I was just responding to a post that has to do with residual evidence of other timelines and uh, how it can be confusing. And I've gone over this um, info before in recordings on YouTube, but people don't go back, neither do I, to past videos usually to um, listen to anything because there's too much happening and changing day to day. And this was back when people were focused on talking about the Mandela effect more so than now. What I discussed was when I woke up in 2016 on the summer solstice, June 20th, uh, the night of, and Adina and I were sitting in the RV in Dawson City, Yukon, and we could feel energy pulsating through three, four, five times a minute, and we knew something was coming and went to bed about 3 a.m. And when I woke up, Adina was saying, hey, do you remember those skies you were telling me about that were crystal clear? And I said, yeah. And she said, well, I think I see them. And we were talking about it because I said, when I was a kid, you could look at the sky and you didn't see any kind of haze at all. It was just pure blue. And I remember that in very uh, defined clouds. Um, and things had changed. It was more wispy and hazy and no clear skies for decades. So I got up and I wasn't expecting anything. And I looked and I, th I was blown away. It was high definition. Um, the sun was a different color, and I think that's what was causing this definition. It's very white. The grass looked like crystal, the reflections, the leaves, same thing. The trees, the pine needles, um, the signs and, and different colors were vibrant as though they were neon in the sunlight. And uh, so it was high definition, vibrant colors, clear blue skies. And I woke up. Uh, like I said, in Dawson City, and the population had changed. It was like a ghost town. There was nobody there. And I, I did a population, I don't know when I did it, but I did a, a look at the population stats at somewhere, I guess, around that time, because I was should have been in a town with 3,500 people and a lot of tourists, and all of a sudden I was in a town with hardly any tourists, and the actual stats said 1,375 or something close to that. But there was different stats. There was stats from newspapers, tourism, government, uh, statistics, and they were all different. Some were up at the 3,500 level, some were in, you know, maybe 1,200 or 1,100, some in the 2,000s, and I'm still seeing that sort of residual there now. Um, so, and I'd also seen interesting skies where one side was all cloudy and the other side was all blue, and it was a, a clear divided line, I think I still have a picture of it, uh, down the highway as though, you know, I started to see, um, you could call it synchronicities or coincidences or metaphors or whatever it is that reality, of reality split kind of thing. So getting back to the population, so we would go into Dawson City in town and take Julia to the playground and it was just an absolute ghost town, there was nobody there. I had an experience where a friend came up to visit and we were the only car or a truck parked on a dirt road because all the roads are dirt in town next to a school, next to the playground. And uh, he was just, I don't know, 10 car lengths ahead of us at an empty gas station. Uh, you know, it's open, but there was nobody there. Uh, stopped to call to see where I was. And I said, well, I'm right here. And then he could see me. I'd also was aware that reality uh, was such that some frequencies couldn't see other frequencies so there was car accidents happening in certain places um, 
as though reality was fading in and out at the last second, you know, and the car accidents would happen. People would seemingly not see, uh, you'd hear reports of that just on YouTube saying it's like people don't even see me. And I'd experienced this, but this was all adding up to some insight as to how or what was going on. So I could understand that people couldn't see me. Um, something interesting had happened before this, and I'll get to it, and it's about New Orleans. It was on the road trip, but I, I also took a trip to Whitehorse, which is south. It's a town I grew up in, one of them, and it hadn't changed. The population hadn't changed. Everything looked the same, but it was cloudy. It was gray, depressing, um, and as a friend of mine described, it's sort of a fractured uh, consciousness or reality. It, you know, it, it just, it just was a fractured uh, community, and my friend was not awake like this, but very, you know, had a great psychic ability. And I don't think she, I don't think she knew the full extent of what that really meant. Everything is fractur fracturing around us. In other words, what I was beginning to put together and understand was realities were merging together, and then they were changing each other, impacting each other, and then to diverge apart again. So more pieces of the puzzle. Um, I think the thing that blew me the way the most was people just didn't notice us. I was also killing batteries. My truck uh, w would just go dead, and that happened quite a bit. I was impacting batteries at home as well in our, you know, the RV that we were in. We'd sold the house, sold everything, and hit the road, and we were just trying to figure out what was going on. Anyway, on that road trip, uh, we were in the United States. It was, uh, I believe... January 2016, yeah, we had sold the house early January. And uh, so we were sleeping in the truck at truck stops, and we just hit a flying J uh, just south, you know, the very first city as we entered in the United States or outside the city. Had a really interesting experience of having music play over the truck all night that I don't think anybody else heard, and it was playing all night and all through the morning. It wasn't coming from anywhere, and I recorded it, actually. Maybe I'll, if I can remember, I'll put a link up to it so you can hear it. It's on YouTube somewhere, I think. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So there was a newspaper, or a, there was a report on the radio saying that New Orleans was in a flood. And I mentioned this a couple times on YouTube. And it was a really, really bad flood. But none of the newspapers were picking it up. And by this time, I was still, I was subtly aware that reality was shifting. I mean, I, I was seeing evidence of it. There was no indication of Mandela effects. Nobody was talking about that yet. It hadn't crossed my radar for, you know, months and months later it did. But So I was beginning to understand that, you know, I think it was two or three days into the flood. I can't remember exactly. Uh, you know, people are battling, trying to uh, deal with it in New Orleans, and none of the newspapers are, are reporting on it. They're not getting any help. So the New York Times came out and said that they just weren't aware of it, and they were apologizing for not being aware of it, but no newspapers were aware of it. So it was as though one New Orleans blinked out or faded out, and a flooded one blinked in. And I'd heard other people talk about, you know, areas in their city where suddenly there was a store where there wasn't a store. That didn't really explain or def um, definitively explain anything because you could shift reality and there's a store and there's no store. But what I was trying to, what I'm trying to get at is, as though surgically, different areas of the Earth were changing. It wasn't the whole Earth. I was aware that we went from a non-spiral bar galaxy to a spiral bar galaxy, 
So it wasn't that we shifted 80,000 light years across the galaxy. We shifted galaxies, which means we shifted universes. As a matter of fact, I learned that any shift is a universe shift, that, you know, it's, it's all or nothing, and that shifting is the animation of life. In other words, in order to see movement, you shift uh, timelines, and that's the, it's like a cartoon flipbook. And so that's just the nature of reality. Every frequency is different. So every frequency is a, what we call a timeline, and putting frequencies together based on uh, each of us individually is, you know, your experience of time and motion, space and time. So anyway, based on, based on this understanding, I could understand as well as things moved on that those, for example, getting a vaccination, um, we, we, we understand it. A lot of people understand it as here's a, a new world order attacking people to depopulate, um, to take control, um, you know, all that stuff. And for those, for those who are awake, they could see there was something bigger going on. That death, as we saw with Mandela effects, people would die and then suddenly they weren't dead. So they shifted reality. They moved out of a frequency of time that we embodied or that we still resonated at. And then when we dropped that frequency, when we moved past it, we would then take on a higher frequency and all of a sudden they're alive. So we would again share frequency with that person who seemingly died. Speaking of which, there goes an ambulance or whatever. They've been going quite a bit and um, younger and younger people are passing on here in Victoria, BC. It's not the typical, it's not the typical sort of dying of old age going on. Uh, you might want to check that too. Adina was looking to see because uh, you know they're ramping up a lot more sirens. Uh, what what was the statistical age, or what's the age you know of people dying? And it's now it's in the forties, and um, before that it seemed to be higher. Um, just the nature of of what's going on. So as people um, pass on from the vaccination. What's happening is there's always a phys there's a catalyst. Have a heart attack, a near death experience, uh, even I believe sometimes just moving away long enough from your past from people, and you can have these reality shifts as well because you're breaking away from their frequency. Um, you're breaking away. You're living a different kind of life. In other words, you're not sharing. Um, you're not sharing activities with others. It gives you time to fast track your way into higher frequency and diverge. Um, and and I, I'm all over the place here with this one, but that you'll find that when you leave something behind, it doesn't try to chase you down. When you let people go, they don't come looking for you. That's part of it. And then there's a fading away. Uh, it's not like they're not there. It's just that you're very firm in your resolve not to look back. And you've broken karma, you've changed frequency, and they're just not attracted in thought to you anymore. They're living their own life, and there's no drama, and it just fades. And then there's catalysts like the vaccine or earth changes or whatever, where you know it looks like people die as well, um, or accidents, you know, on one side or the other, where it seems like people die, but they're just shifting. So the person who seemingly dies of a vaccination uh, in your timeline, 
uh, gets sick, goes to the hospital, didn't really die in there in the timeline that they were mostly based in, in the uh, frequencies that they mostly embodied. So they die in one, they just get sick and better in another kind of thing. It's very surgical. I was wondering how it was going to happen. I thought it would be tsunamis, earthquakes, volcanoes, things like that. But that didn't, and I found that confusing because ha what happens? I was pretty sure tsunamis were going to hit east and west coast. I believe they have in timelines, and we've skirted them. They may still be coming. We just don't know. If we're not meant to be in the disaster, we shift before it happens. <clears throat> it was like the Henry and Harvey hurricane coming into um, Texas, where I think it was Hurricane Harvey was on its way in. I did recordings on YouTube. You can look up Hurricane Henry or Hurricane Harvey. And so this hurricane, I think it was Harvey coming in. And then just as it hits, its name changes to Henry, and the reporters are still calling it Harvey, but it's Henry. And you can see in the comments people saying, what, do you, what are you calling it you know, that for when it's this? And so my understanding of that was one was more devastating than the other. So I'm not sure which one we got, but I, the one that was coming in was pretty devastating looking. Uh, but also, the, you know, it's, it's really hard to, to tell what's going on. Um, I would assume that Katrina, same idea. I think it's been going on for quite a while. You know, that uh, hurricanes will come in and, and devastate, do devastation, but in one timeline, but in others, they just don't. So there is a fading in and out in a surgical way of reality. Dawson City, overnight, just changed. And its surroundings didn't. And every, there's a timeline for every version of reality. There's a timeline where everything changes. There's a timeline where just Dawson changes. There's a timeline where just stuff around the RV would change. I mean, it's, there's, no, there's no limitation there. It's really infinite. So it let me know that uh, the, there's an over, it's like a, uh, it's fluid. That there are overlapping realities, and this explained the polarity, the intense global polarity that was going on around the globe, the different per political perspectives, education perspectives, industry perspectives, religion, um, you know, the uh, the border issues, the just everything. It was it wasn't progressing in a linear way. It was too fast, too intense, and uh, two completely different perspectives on the table becoming more and more polarized and it was because it was because there was timelines merging in such a way that it created a lot of polarization difference of opinion fear it's like taking you know this, this two grub wanted to reference uh, dr seuss i just can't remember the sneeches and the beaches or whatever you know like it's like taking two different versions of earth that grew up in uh, ways that were different enough that if you were to put them together, they just there would be a lot of resistance. It would people they wouldn't understand each other. Like, why do you think like that? And it's because they're different frequencies. Uh, but minimally, they just grew up differently. They they evolved slightly differently. And uh, when they came together, that's the, that's the friction, the catalyst. Except that they do change. Both sides change. So the catalyst is something where um, it doesn't change. It changes things around it. I suppose we're the catalyst. I haven't changed, but things around me have changed. There's a whole lot of catalyst star seeds scattered around the globe. 
So, I mean, this was the excitement and the things that were interesting. I mean, awakening to a a reality shift to people changing to the goat stare, Mandela effects, um, to the excitement of the potential of something like that. And then all of the learning that went with it to understand once you break out of a schema or a paradigm or limited reality, limited beliefs, all of a sudden you change your frequency, your state of being, the way you think and feel, what you believe and the way you act, everything changes. And that opens the door to sort of an unlimited potential or to your highest potential, uh, for sure. Because reality is a reflection of the frequency that you hold within. So you're the catalyst. Everything is changing around you. And, and that, yeah, and I don't know how to, it's not really any more complicated than that. But by seeing the things change around you, you're breaking through rigid beliefs. Then the beliefs are essentially the filter of consciousness, determines how much you'll let in, how much knowingness, awareness, truth uh, that you'll let in. And this is why reconciling or coming to terms or at peace with the past was so important, because that was also limiting our awareness. It kept us in low frequency. We couldn't see beyond. We couldn't see that all the things that were happening were a bigger picture, adding up to the changes that we need to create within. In other words, to break away from relationships, to see things differently, to uh, face old fears and balance them out. Because we were in a new environment with higher frequency uh, energy that we could rise up in, kind of like the glass ceiling was gone. We we had broken through it. Now, if we could just let ourselves go, if we could step out of the out of the cage, that the cage doors open, you know, the slaves are inside, but we never step out. So, we, in order to step out, we had to really um, vibe up to our higher potential by letting all of that other crap go, by seeing the bigger picture, because belief is, you know, it's a hard thing to break. You really have to see something powerful to break out of a belief. Um, it's what keeps us in pattern, in karmic patterns. But then those karmic patterns eventually are overcome by um, getting out of the fear. It's something I'm thinking of starting another channel, or I'm not sure what to do with it, but I was talking to Julia about the nature of relationships and, you know, she's dealing with friends and, and a variety of different things and curiosity and stuff. And I was able to explain to her that, you know, when a friend is being mean or, you know, you go to work and a boss is being mean or whatever, it's really got nothing to do with you. It's a projection of uh, fear coming from some, from within somebody else. So I said, even with me, when we're doing school and you complain about, I don't want to do this or I don't want to do school, and, uh, and it's every day, <laughs> you know, because it's homeschool and I'm doing the teaching and I'm the parent, not some sort of external teacher. It's easy to really say what's on your mind. I said, and if I get angry or frustrated, that's what's going on. I'm experiencing fear inside for you uh, because maybe we're not getting enough done. But at the same time, I'm aware that that kind of education is done. It's not going to be helpful down the road. This isn't about gearing up for competition. It's about um, enhancing her um, passions and opening the door and giving her opportunity to explore them to become who she truly is. And I get that, so I can temperate uh, my concern, but I'm straddling two 
realities, the old one of fear and competition and you got to learn this and you need to know that versus the new one which is saying reality is a reflection of you inside it'll support you as long as you're in a high frequency or it'll support you if you're in a low frequency too it'll give you a low frequency experience so you know it's hard to make that transition from one paradigm to another and part of that is because of the how long it's taking us even though we see all these changes and we're changing within, how long it's taking to get to the other side of this divergence where what we're left with is a changed collective but in a high frequency. So I was explaining to her that uh, essentially so it was my fear that was making me angry and I was projecting it on her um, if she resisted too much uh, when it came to learning what she needed to learn you know, in a day. And I said, it's the same with your friend. You have a friend who is uh, scared that you're going to spend too much time with another friend. And that makes that friend uh, angry because they're afraid. And I said, what's happening is they have a certain belief and they think that they need to control the reality and they need to control the people to fit what it is they want, not realizing that what they truly need to do is to uh, not do that because they'll get that experience simply by lowering their frequency and fear. They'll get that experience where if they were to just go with the flow, they would... Uh, experience exactly um, the best outcome and if they weren't meant to be spending too much time with a friend maybe there was something better for them you know maybe they would be experiencing uh, a different path that would take them where they needed to go because it's a big picture um, and it was the same I said when boyfriends with boyfriends and girlfriends if uh, if you're smothering essentially if you're worried and you know your boyfriend you know in this case for Julia is uh, looking at other girls or whatever the case is the worst thing you can do is start worrying about it you know what I mean essentially don't worry about it and I gave her some personal examples but I said just simply by focusing on and worrying about it you're going to end up experiencing it so we've learned a lot and there's a lot that we can teach people and there's a lot that children should learn for example you know relationships everything is a relationship I explained that to her as well and why aren't we teaching our kids about relationships with your parents, your friends, boyfriends, girlfriends, even with your computer and your tablet and and with the world and pets, everything is a relationship. And, you know, the best way to deal with relationships uh, is by allowing them to, to be free to do what they need to do to come together or diverge so that you can do what you came here to do without getting in your own way. I don't want to get into all the details there, but you can see that there's a lot to teach that doesn't have to be about spirituality or merging and converging universes or metaphysics or some of the things that most people are just not ready for. Um, and so I've tried to tone it down with reality split uh, community podcast. I'll uh, probably create some sort of basic insight. I really love the idea of being able to work with kids because they're, uh, they need a break. You know, we keep coming back as the kids, but they need a break, you know, Right off the bat, they're, you know, a lot of parents treat them like disobedient pets and then they, you know, shove them at school and they're in an institution learning, you know, all the stresses of 3D, how to deal with it, and at the same time creating it. And they don't want to do it anymore. That's why my daughter's, you know, sort of tired of this stuff. It's innately, she knows intuitively it's wrong. This is not the way to do it. She should be having a lot of fun. <clears throat> and then she will be interested in things later. She already is. She loves to learn about law, and she, we're doing computer programming, and we're doing things that are fun. And we're going to change it all up 
I'm becoming more comfortable with this, to do things that are of practical interest. So find an interest that encompasses the things that she would need to learn, whether it's math, science, or whatever, and we pursue those in a real-world, passionate way. It's how she learned things lightning fast. And everything else, she will learn and forget, learn and forget, unless I give her homework. And even then, you know, but then you burn the kid out. So then they're in this institution for 12 years, and then another institution, the brainwashing universities and colleges for another, you know, four to eight or four to six years, only to come out and learn that she probably should have been, you know, in trades, you know, doing something that had some physical exercise where you would learn your industry. And if you wanted to own your own business, you could easily do that later through uh, building up customers and relationships. Going to school for business, which I did, was just ridiculous. It's like going to school to learn, you know, how to be successful and then coming out and not having a single skill to implement uh, some kind of, uh, you know, business or whatever. Like, in other words, you can't, you don't go to school to learn business. You you don't need to. And you don't need to go to school to learn to be successful. You, You follow your passion, you'll be successful. And you'll learn everything you need to learn to operate a business. You know, it's, uh... It's interesting. I don't regret going to school, but I can see that it wasn't necessary. Not at that level. So, this is a bit of a mix. Um, I just wanted to revisit that uh, this, how reality is working. It's as fluid as you are. It's as uh, high frequency as you are. And it, it diverges and moves as fast as the frequency you can embody. And this is the key to holding, uh, to making it happen is holding harmony inside staying in neutrality and uh, not judging yourself and others. You're in situations, I'm in situations that I don't particularly like. Um, And there's not much that we can do about it except to allow it to be there. Once you allow it, you release it. It's when you resist it that it stays. But if you can see it as part of a big picture, even if you don't know what the big picture is exactly, other than the really sort of big picture, and that is everything's going to change, we're going to diverge, there is a a split of reality, there is a falling away of the darkness, we know all that stuff. But when it drags on and on and on, it becomes tiring and depressing and things like that. So through this, I found a passion of wanting to be able to contribute to the freedom of children, in a sense, to be able to, you know, let them be kids and do shit that they like to do and have fun and to let them be able to network. God, they have such a hard time being friends, having friends. Everything's virtual. They have avatars and they dress them up and put them on bicycles or cars or whatever. They don't do anything with themselves. You know what I mean? And and they and they have to speak through electronics. It's fucking terrible, man. I mean, when I was a kid, man, we played outside all the time with each other physically. I just, I don't understand this and I'm not that happy with the way things are going, but on our road trip, parents wouldn't, you know, once the, this bullshit, medical bullshit came out, parents wouldn't let their kids play with Julia. Um, and because they were pansies, you know, they were fearful and they pissed me off. So, you know, I didn't bother trying to explain anything. I just let it be because these people are lost in fear and the kids didn't understand you know, and then through her, when she's playing online and learning and just having conversations, sometimes, well, new kids, not the friends that she has, but the new kids, they get political. And, you know, do you like Trump or do you hate Trump? Do you like Israel? Do you like, you know what I mean? I mean, it's fucking, and I, I just tell her, you know what, tell her you don't, you don't get in the drama and you don't watch mainstream media because it's fake. You know what I mean? And, uh, or the coronavirus, that's always, you know, my mom died. The kids just love that. My dad died. My grandparents died. And I said to Julia, I said, they're full of shit. <laughs> None of them died. 
it's just, you know, kids saying this bullshit. Um, like, my, my mom just died yesterday. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's all drama, and they get caught up, in it and they learn it from their parents. They get attention if there's drama. So she's learning how not to get in other people's drama, and to and as to why, and how to pick good friends that way. Other friends who don't get into the drama, the politics, and the bullshit, but just play the goddamn game, you know what I mean, and have fun. And that's the difference. And so I like being able to be part of that. Uh, I like being able to share insight on the reality shifting and stuff, but that's a very small audience, and that's fine. It's supposed to be. Those are the teachers that apparently are going to be very busy uh, very soon. I understand that, uh, I think, is it coming up is, uh, you know, another big awakening, another big shift. I think there's something to do with the moon. Um, Who knows? But uh, I know that at some point the teachers, you, me, are going to be in very high demand to explain or to bring sort of some understanding to what is actually happening here once people begin to get it, that something is happening. So I like that. I like the basic uh, psychology of just relationships. I think it's a great topic. I think everything everything that we do, everything that we build, everything that we experience is a relationship. Even science, it's a relationship between subatomic particles that create the atom. It's the relationship between the electromagnetic fields that create the subatomic particles. And it's the relationship of consciousness on the ether that creates the fields. You know, it's always about relationships. It's the relationship of... Uh, yeah, I was going to get into magnets, but I won't do that. So, um, I'm also interested in just putting simple messages on t-shirts. Put a sketch on there, a healing sketch, a few words or no words. But rather than, you know, trying to drive a nail home with a sledgehammer, I think, you know, it's just this sort of subtle seed planting. I'm also interested in that. Uh, we're aware people are talking about it. You better become self-sufficient. I think we have a few years to do that. But uh, and light workers, star seeds will have that opportunity show up. They'll be in a situation in the community or on their own to be able to do that. So don't panic. I mean, we will have what we need when we need it, and we'll have to make the most of it. We'll be coming into a mini ice age, which makes growing uh, seasons change. It makes hot areas go uh, cold, cold areas. It, it makes things change. Wet areas go dry, dry areas go wet. We'll have a lot of extreme temperatures, extreme hot and cold until about 2030 when everything settles into cold uh, for about 80 years and places across Canada may not even see summer again. That's my understanding. Long ice storms on the east coasts uh, where there's winter. So, you know, Saskatchewan uh, here in mid Midwest or, you know, mid-central Canada and stuff are going to experience uh, a lot of, a lot more cold, shorter growing seasons. And by places like Africa, this new technology, they'll begin to grow lots of food and desalinate water, and that'll pick up some slack. Um, it'll bust up energy companies. It'll bust up, you know, those. If you control energy, you control the economy, but the grids are going to break down. You're not, you know, the ice and stuff like that, and the overload of having to warm things up with heat and cool things down in the summertime, whatever it is. But the bottom line is that uh, all of that's going to break down. You know, if you really want to know, that's the bottom line. All of the centralized systems and corruption break down, and all of the new and even hidden so far uh, technology and, and you know systems of, for creating energy will rise up. And self-sufficiency is is really truly where we want to be, but not in a panicked way. But getting back just to this, the beginning of this tangent, uh, using magnetics and fields and uh, magnetic fields and um, consciousness. And the things that we have learned to amp up seeds and to program them. Um, 
to influence and repattern their magnetic fields. Uh, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. And to put in extra lucid dreaming vibes into, you know, if I'm growing lucid dreaming tea or bug-resistant uh, seeds, you know, for planting vegetables. And we'll have, that ability is getting stronger and stronger to be able to do that. I just, now I'm not in a place, I'm in a motel room, I can't really do anything. It's, it's almost impossible even to make a t-shirt here. Certainly not easy to be, you know, working. I have no place to really work to do anything. You have a room and a bathroom and that's it. So it means I'm not supposed to do it. I'm not complaining. It's just not time yet. I'm lucky that we have what we have. And I'm happy with it. Close, tight-knit family uh, making through this thing together, and I'm lucky to have that as well. A lot of people are just on their own. But that won't stay that way forever. Uh, once we break through this stuff, there'll be, a, like I said, star seeds, light workers will be in high demand, and uh, there'll be a lot of new relationship building. Because, I mean, you don't have to be, and I don't know that that's the greatest thing to begin with. Like, Adina is completely doing regular stuff, uh, very aware, does healing, very aware of things. But I think if you had two totally awake people in one room, I mean, you, you might just go way off on the ethers too far. You know what I mean? You just, you have to have some balance. So I think the star seeds or light workers or whatever, I think they're going to be better off um, meeting people who are awakening. So you have a lot to share, a lot of insight to share. <clears throat> a relationship to build and you can, everything is, you know, can explore everything in a, in a new way, in a more grounded way, you know, because you're going to meet in the middle with uh, the things that you do. I don't like being way out in the ethers all the time. I mean, that's out of my system. I want to be more grounded and, and doing some amazing things for whatever time is left in life. And uh, and hopefully that delivers enough excitement and joy to want to be here. At this point, I'm, I'm even too tired to think of where else I would want to be. You know what I mean? I'm not anything. I'm not wishing to not be here. I'm not wishing to be here. I'm not wishing for anything. I, uh, I just am in that sense. Let's leave it at that. 34 minutes and I'll talk to you later.